everyone. Welcome to the Parenting Balance Podcast. My name is Kelly Williams. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an ADHD parenting expert by experience. I'm here with my partner. Hi, I'm Teresa Van Pelt. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and anxiety parenting expert by experience. And for the past 10 years, Kelly and I have had a family practice in Florida. This podcast is for parents who want to really understand what's going on with ADHD and anxiety so you can ditch the chaos and feel confident and happy again. Hi, so today we're going to explain the motivation mystery. So you definitely want to listen if you have a child who does not do what you want them to do or what they need to do, what they have to do. Um, You probably have a child or you may have a child who just wants to play video games all day. Um, That's all they focus on is the things that they want to do. They, on the outside, they may look lazy. So Kelly, um, tell us more about why this is. (laughs) My very favorite researcher, Russell Barkley, Dr. Barkley, calls, he thinks that we should call ADHD a motivation deficit disorder instead of an attention deficit disorder. I could not agree more. I know, right? From personal experience and professional experience. (laughs) Ah, yes. This is tricky. So today we're going to talk about kind of the chemical differences in this brain that is different. And in our first episode, we explained that Uh, Having ADHD means that you have a brain that is different. And we talked about how it's a brain that doesn't prioritize information well. It doesn't, um, you know, it just, it has a different way of acting with environmental stimuli. And the reason for that has to do with the brain's neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters are... Um, chemical messengers that brains need in order to be able to communicate with itself. So think of the brain as like an electrical system. And when sensory stimuli comes in, it's actually an electrical impulse. And the brain takes that information and then has to kind of guide it to get to the right part of the brain where, um, you know, whatever the part of the brain is that deals with that kind of information. I don't know. Am I being clear? I think so. <laughs> so uh, the the neural pathways in the brain are, think of them as like roads that we drive our cars on, you know. Uh, the junctures at each, the end of each neural pathway isn't actually connected. So there's a tiny little gap there. Uh, the researchers call that a synapse. And neurotransmitters are like a water taxi, right? Like they're the chemicals that that go carry this electrical signal from one side of the synapse over to the other and then eventually help the message get down the line to the right part of the brain where it needs to go. So today I know um, we're only going to talk about one so that we can get into it. There's so many pieces, but this episode we're going to talk about one. We're going to keep the focus on uh, the neurotransmitter that's called dopamine um, because that, uh, th- that's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to do with it. There are other ones that scientists believe are involved. Um, but for the purpose of today's discussion, we'll just talk about dopamine. 
And here's the thing. Dopamine impacts a lot of things, all right? It affects motor coordination, like walking and uh, kind of big motor stuff, riding a bike, you know, handwriting. I guess that's more fine motor, but all right, motor coordination. It affects uh, cognition, which means thinking. Dopamine affects your mood, right? How you feel. Um, it is our reward neurotransmitter. So it, uh, this is the part that affects motivation. So can we take a step back real quick? Um, so you're talking about these neurotransmitters mm-hmm. that go along the pathway. So with someone who has a non-neurotypical brain, are you saying that um, there's not enough dopamine to, to make it across? Mm-hmm. make it across to the other side. Yeah. So either there's a problem with the receptor taking it in or there's not enough chemical going across so the message isn't good. Like Doesn't maybe get... it'll dial up. Well, I, here's the thing. This is like the most vexing thing for us parents is uh, dopamine is weak is how I explain it to the kids that I work with, right? It, it's weak. There's mm-hmm. not enough, yes. Uh, but it's kind of, it can be inconsistently weak, So this is the problem because sometimes it's okay. Like sometimes you can do stuff just fine and some days are really off and Mm -hmm. there, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. There's no explanation for that. And when you are the person to whom this is happening, that can be really frustrating. And confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, dopamine is weak in non-neurotypical brains and there can either be not enough or, um, the reuptake process is not working right. And, and so that's the receptor part. The that's part that the takes receptor it in. part. That's right. So that's why it's it's not super simple to just talk about. But here's what I want to explain to parents today. The thing to know about dopamine is dopamine is our reward neurotransmitter. So let's say that you go to work and you write this really awesome report and you knock it out of the park and you work your butt off on it and you turn it into your boss and your boss is like, man, this, you killed it, dude. You did great. Or you finished your first podcast and you're really (laughs) proud of yourself. (laughs) Or it could be that. Excellent. I don't know. You know? (laughs) So that feeling on the inside, right? Like this idea that you've done something well you put your all into it, and you feel good about it, that is your brain giving you a shot of dopamine. That's dopamine that's telling you, yeah, you killed it, man. You did great. It's an internal reinforcement system, all right? And so that, you know, it doesn't matter. The feeling on the inside. When people talk about internal motivation, that's Uh what you're referring to. It's like that desire, right? Like, why do you even want to write the report for the boss? You know, because you're going to get more money or you're trying to get a raise or whatever all these things are. Those are kind of external rewards, but you, you feel the desire to do the task from the inside. And that is dopamine in your synapses, in your brain, you know, being there and saying, come on, come on, we got to do this. We got to do this. So our kids where dopamine is weak, um, you know, like when we say, hey, it's time to go clean your room. Uh, <laughs> not happening, right? Just it's I don't get excited about that. Yeah. And so I get that. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Um, so the trouble is that as parents, uh, we kind of can get ourselves into this cycle of punishing or of, you know, right, like of getting really angry, taking it personally, frankly, I'll speak for myself, yeah. taking it personally, like, for example, that, that your child's disrespecting you because they refuse to go clean their room. But the thing is, we need them to clean their room. We need them to do their homework. Yeah, yeah. There's absolutely the needs mm-hmm. and the wants, right? Right. Um, but when we get into, when we have a child with ADHD and we get into this thing about personalizing it and thinking they're intentionally doing things to be disrespectful. That that's a whole new layer. Yeah, that's where the problems tend to come in. Mm-hmm. Because the facts are, uh, with regard to the neurology, that when there isn't enough dopamine, that sort of internal... Um, desire, it's it's not there. So I'm going to give you an analogy to kind of understand this, okay? Mm-hmm. Imagine that you, uh, you can't see well, right? And you need to wear glasses. But you live in the forest and you've never met anyone else and you live all by yourself. Am I a fairy? And you in yes. the forest. I want to be a fairy, fairy in the you forest. You can totally okay. be a fairy. Okay. Yes. And fairy there you are. In the forest. Yeah. And you're going about your life and everything's okay and everything is a little blurry, right? But how would you know if if nobody ever explained to you that what you right? Because nobody can see through your eyes, literally. And I don't know what it looks like to see through other eyes. That's correct. Okay. And so there you are. And then one day you meet another fairy in the woods. And the fair, the new fairy says to you, hey, oh my gosh, look at that beautiful bird over there. It's so beautiful. Look at the details on the wings. And you look over there and you go, that's not a bird. That's like a gray, lumpy rodent thing, right? You can't see what the other fairy can see, not because you aren't trying hard enough, but because your eyes don't focus well, okay? Right. So it's very much the same with weak dopamine. Um, you know, when we say to our kids, why won't you, why can't you be motivated to do this? Our motivation is blurry. Yeah. Or their motivation is blurry. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just not there. When, when the neurotransmitter isn't in there, it's not there. <laughs> so it can't be willful if it's not there to begin with. Right. Get so it. this is what, um, this is why we use stimulant medications, uh, you know, to treat ADHD. Because when we give a stimulant medication, we know that that increases the amount of dopamine available in the synapse. And that's why, why, um, stimulants work. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that even if you take medication, um, stimulants only work for six to eight hours a day if you're lucky. And as parents, um, you know, we're operating on a whole 24 hours a day. Amen. And the time that the medication has worn off. mm -hmm. Yes. Like right now, can you hear it? I I know. Hear it in the background? Sorry. <laughs> it's getting a little rowdy here. It's a little bit late at night. That's like we okay. said, we live it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, 
All right. So, so how do we motivate, right? Because we want to give parents actionable tips at every single episode here. So the key to uh, motivation when dopamine is weak and internal motivation isn't available to us is to link what we want to what they want, right? Mm-hmm. So I How call do you this do that? incentivizing, Okay, you know? And so I say, uh, so incentivizing looks like, all right, you want to play your video game. I need you to make your bed and put your clothes away. You can have your video game after you make your bed and put your clothes away, right? So that's kind of linking um, what they want to what you want. So I'm going to bring up a point that I hear often. Mm -hmm. Um, Many parents feel like, okay, so you're rewarding them for doing something that they need to do. Like they just have to do it. Yes. Oh, yes. So. Which I get. I I get that line of thinking. I understand. Right. So rewarding, um, you know, when, when when the internal system of reward is absent, then we have to create an external system of reward. Is this, and this may not be completely clear right now, is this what you refer to as the scaffolding? I do. Yes. Yeah, So, And I know that will be more clear as people follow us and listen, but this is kind of the scaffolding on the outside of the building. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. The support. So we, you know, as parents, um, what we need to be able to learn how to do is how to direct, how to help our kids direct their attention to where it needs to go. And when their brain doesn't prioritize information well, then what that means is they don't know how to direct their attention to the right places. Right. right? And I know in the the previous episode, you talked about um, needing to give them step-by-step mm-hmm. instructions. Breaking and pri- things down. Breaking it down and breaking prioritizing. Down. So this is like the next layer. This mm-hmm. is the next thing. This is the next layer is incentivizing um, what you want to see, you know? And I call it that. I say, say what you want to see. Um, I think it's useful for parents to, rather than be complaining about what kids aren't doing, which they already know, trust Mm me, um, we want to teach ourselves how to be saying what we want them to do. Can I stop right here and have you, there's um, something that you read a long time ago and you talk about this and every time you talk about it, it just kind of floors me. Um, You were reading one time, you you know exactly, go for it. Uh You know exactly what I'm saying. The amount of negative feedback that kids with ADHD get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I once, oh man, this was so many years ago. In fact, I think this was before I put, I just made the decision for my own son to start taking stimulant medication. And I think this article was uh, one of the ones that helped me make that decision. Make that decision. And it had to do with that kids with non neurotypical brains receive on the daily 500 times more corrective feedback than their neurotypical peers. So corrective feedback equals negativity. Well, yes. I mean, it's it, it's necessary. Teachers or whoever need the kids to do certain things. But that just shows, like, 
why these times. kids don't feel good about themselves. Right. And they really, most of them are, the ones that I've seen, like, I really believe that they try. They want to. Absolutely. Oh, man. I have never, um, yes. Yeah. There's no doubt. No doubt. Yes. They're trying very hard. And they're trying twice as hard, even when they're doing well. Mm-hmm. They're they're working twice as hard. And as that's why the consistency isn't there. Neurotypical peers. Because they burn out. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that has to do with the effort tank. Okay, yeah. We'll and talk, we're about, that talk later. about that later. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm that's getting ahead. In, that's in another episode. You it's know, there's so a lot. Hard not there's to... a lot to unpack here. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. So, right. As parents, um, we want to be telling our kids what to do as often as possible. In the positive way. And try try to break that habit. And I will... I promise you, I was very good at telling everybody what was wrong <laughs> before oh, yeah. I read all this research. Um, so how I went about breaking that habit has a lot to do with how I developed this whole model that that I teach, you know. So um, it's really, I can't emphasize enough how important it is that we really, for the sake of our kids and their sense of self, right, their personhood, that we direct them to where they need to go and, you know, pretty much drop the correcting. Uh, just do the directing. That's mm-hmm. my advice. If getting the kids up and out the door on time in the morning seems more difficult than it should be, then I have something that can help. Jump on over to parentingbalance.com guide to download your free guide to mastering morning madness. That's parentingbalance.com guide so you can ditch the morning chaos for good. Thank you so much for listening to the Parenting Balance podcast. And until next time, remember, different isn't wrong. <laughs> <laughs>